Can you hear the squeaks whenever I move? No. Can you hear the squeaks when I move? Can you hear that? You didn't yeah, hear I, that? Did. I did hear that. Yeah. With my fat ass. Um, yeah. So we need an intro. Mm -hmm. We need to have, we need to have one. This is ridiculous. What are we doing here? Okay. So um, should we do music? Should we like the music. approach, the approach, the oh, approach uh, with Cal and Patricia? I, I never like, I never liked like Broadway musicals. Actually, I like, I like theater, but I don't like those movies where they sing and stuff. Like it's just- You don't wasn't... like musicals? You're not no, cultured? I'm Did you not... see Hamilton? No. What? <laughs> you didn't see Hamilton. I haven't, I haven't, I haven't, but- But you know, I guess you wouldn't, I mean, you wouldn't care about Hamilton anyway, it's American history, but okay. it is cool. How about, how about like, hey, what's up people? Hey guys, welcome to the approach. With I don't want to say guys. I don't want to say guys because what if? Hey y'all. Hey y'all. No, I'm not from. I'm not from that part of the town. But I am. I am. But I ain't. Okay. All right. Uh, we got to find a middle ground. Like okay. Uh, how about just hello humans. I love humans. I love humans too. And like, oh my god, like kind of humans, right? Like yes. kind of. Like I think so. Well, we're all we all identify as humans for the oh. most part. So hello humans. Hello humans. Welcome this, to the approach. Yeah. This human's name is Patricia. And then that human's gonna introduce this human that's speaking right now. And this human is Cal Kamuna. Oh my oh my god. Okay. That was messy, but we we got this. I think I think we have a. I think we have it. The human direction. <laughs> I think we have something. Okay. Well, can you talk about your fit? Because this is a lot. Oh, what I'm wearing today? Yes, yes. The O O T D. Playboy. Hey. Okay. First of all, this is a Playboy sweater kind of thing, and I had a stomachache today. Oh. And this was the thickest thing, like thickest outfit that I had. So. That's actually why I'm wearing it. But then yeah. I thought to myself, okay, if I'm going to wear this, I should also wear the hat to match. But listen, for Playboy, this is very tasteful. I love her outfit. <laughs> very tasteful. It is very tasteful. It is. So I could actually, I think I can make a look out of that. Show me again. Yeah, I'm going to make me a, ooh, some white boots, a cute little textured yellow skirt in a long trench with the white yeah I can do that I'll tell you this, this sweater has been cursed how so every single time I go out like I've been on dates with this I've been just like going out with this every single time I get like a little stain on it like I like I spill something on it whether it's ice cream or ketchup or I honestly don't even know I really don't even know at this point but I have well it's not even a stain it's kind of just the lack of color and it's just it's literally just right there you see that is that white? Mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's me just scrubbing the crap out of it scrubbing it, oh. scrubbing it getting the, the musky ketchup out you know it's really impressive though that you take pretty decent care of your clothes because I know people especially of the <clears throat> the male kind <laughs> okay <laughs> they don't like not all of them I'm just saying it's, so, it's nice when guys are like this is my favorite shirt I'm like you have a favorite shirt <laughs> okay but that doesn't mean okay so I do like to hang my clothes I do like to do that what, you, what do you mean you like to do okay, that so you I made do me that. use all of my hangers to hang your clothing <laughs> you're like patricia i need more you hangers. not have I enough need... <laughs> even even with all your hangers you still didn't have enough hangers like what the i'm hell? sorry i had clothing of my own and clothing of my husband's to hang. whatever <laughs> but i okay i do i do take care of my clothes once they're washed mm -hmm. but once i wear them like like I have, okay, I don't have any clothes here, but I have a bunch of clothes on the floor in my bedroom. And you saw that too. You've seen mm -hmm. that. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, 
I'm, I'm a messy man. I don't know what to tell you. I have my problem is okay. I when I'm less busy and I've have less things to do, I am I have more time to spend to take care of my environment because I know that when my environment is clean, my bed is clean, everything like that, I feel better. Right. But there's a point in time where you just have too much on your plate. And when you're not working, you don't want to just clean. You just want to like chill and watch TV and just not do anything. And, um, and I think that, that's why I need to hire a maid. And I've, I got, I had a couple of people I tried out in, in Canada, but yeah, I might give them a shot again, but I, I don't know. I felt I'm, I'm so picky about everything. I'm so meticulous. I'm so fucking annoying. It's like, you're not the only one. I like, I've tried a couple of different people for cleaning service too. And I just, I, I'm like, I can do it myself. You know, <laughs> like they'll, they'll come over and do it and they either don't do it to my standard or yeah. it's like, okay, they did a great job. Um, and then I feel like I don't, don't feel compelled to keep asking them to come back. Like I'm embarrassed because they cleaned so well. I don't know if you've ever experienced that where <laughs> it's like, dang, they cleaned in places that I didn't know needed to be cleaned. I, I want someone like that. See, I, I had people who were very organized, but not to my taste. And they would move things around like that were not there before. Like, I'm like, where are my mugs? And I have the, I have the urgency to be like, mom, where's my shit? But you know, I can't do that. Cause it wasn't her. <laughs> um, are you ever there when you're, um, when they're cleaning? Yeah. When they're cleaning. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, are you, are you, do you give them direction or do you just let them go? I give them some direction. Like I've had to tell certain cleaners that I'm like, listen, this part of the cleaning is a waste of your time because I'm going to make it messy tomorrow and I clean it myself. This is what I need you to do. Like organize it, like clean, like like the kitchen, do this, whatever. Like there was this one part of my solarium that, (laughs) I don't know if this is unethical of me, but there's this one part of my solarium that had like clearly like mold or some shit (laughs) that had to be like clean. I was like, yeah, I'm not touching that. And I was like, (laughs) I'm hiring a maid to come just clean this. So is hiring a maid to clean the mold? No, I mean, ideally you're, you should be hiring people to do things that you don't want to do or that you shouldn't have to do. And it would be a waste of time to do. So, I mean, ethical is probably, I mean, somebody for somebody who's like very tidy and is embarrassed about cleaning and hiring cleaners Sure, that would be unethical for them. But if you don't want to clean it, that's why you're paying them money to come and clean. So I don't know. I don't think it's good. Um, oh, I got an icebreaker for you. Icebreaker? Yes. Okay, let me find it. Okay. So I didn't know this we needed one's good. Yes. So <laughs> if you had intro music every time you walked into a room, what would it be? Oh, that's annoying. I do not like that question. I do. I love it because I know you. Uh, That's hard because I think I have different tastes every weekend. I know. That's why I wanted you to answer this question. That's not fair. Are you talking about this weekend or like? Yeah, this at this moment, you're walking into a room this weekend and every week every room that you walk into this weekend has to be the same song i have to look at what i'm listening to right now because literally that's how i function I'm like scrolling down oh oh this is not something to like brag about <laughs> at all. such a like a wholesome song oh god oh my god i should i share it yeah i'll share yeah it. go ahead it's called Moonshine by Caravan Palace. It is the, it is such a cute song. It's not a, it's not like a, bitch better have my money. It's not Rihanna. It's, it's <laughs> very, it's very, it's, yeah, it's very innocent. I actually love, I, I just like, I love Caravan Palace, but 
I I only have like a couple of songs on my, on my playlist, and then I decided to listen to them again yesterday, and I rediscovered a bunch of their music. Mm. You forget, like I don't I don't keep track of artists like I used to. Like back in the day when we we're using like LimeWire and stuff to like download music that that time you had to have favorites because you didn't have time to <laughs> right <clears throat> to make your own playlist all the time and stuff. yeah yeah what about you? wait what about yours i think mine let me see let me pull up my playlist um this is embarrassing <laughs> um so i'm gonna choose Ariana Grande, Break Shut Free. Up. Yes. Wait, wait, what song? I sorry, I told you to shut up when you said Ariana Grande. What did you say? Break free. Break free. I know. I just. I okay. Uh, ah. <laughs> but it's it has to do with I think this year because I've done so much shedding of yeah. who I am, and so like every time, like every every couple of weeks there's new parts of me coming into the forefront and so I don't know that song just like I don't even play it every day or anything it's just like I've never even heard it it's just the title of it oh I know know it makes sense I know (laughs) I just you can guess what it sounds like too I can yeah, I don't. I please don't make me. Oh, the next time I see you, I'm gonna give you a pop performance, lip syncing to that song. That's not fair. I'm gonna walk in with a full like Ariana Grande costume and be like, <laughs> "You're gonna oh, love God. it. It's gonna be all yum yum, chocolate chip, honey dip. Can I get a scoop, baby? Take a ride in my hoop. You make me wanna." Sh- do you know that song? You are, no, I don't. I thought you were about what? to. <laughs> like, what? Um, you don't know who that is? Why you got to shame me? I don't want to shame you. Okay. Are you trying to shame me? Do you know who Salt and Pepper is? Salt and Pepper. No? Okay. Should I just... I'm going to send you. I'm going to send you. I'm going to send you their playlist. You will love them. They're female rappers from the late 80s, early 90s. They had okay. a thing. They had an era. It was a hot era. So you like TLC, right? Yeah, I like TLC. Yeah, they were in that era. They were the Nicki Minaj and Cardi B of their day, but they were together. Okay. I'm not a huge Cardi B. <laughs> just take to when I say they weren't they weren't like them. They okay. were they were the like the the intro. They were they the, were unapologetic female rappers who were like, "This is what I want to do. This is how fun I am. We're gonna have a good time." Why are you laughing? I feel like you're laughing. I am laughing. I don't know because I'm like, okay. No, you know what? I don't want to say anything about. I don't want to say anything about that. To be honest. Okay, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I feel shamed now. Why? Because of the whole Cardi B thing you were making me not? Yeah. Oh, uh, no, I, okay, here's, like, I do like some of their songs, and I, like, jam to it, but I'm not, like, it's not on any of my playlists. I would, okay. I never add them to my, to my playlist. They're not on either one of my playlists yeah. either, But TLC, and, like, that, like, that kind of, like, like, I, even Beyonce, like, I have them on my playlist, mm-hmm. and for me, part of me is, like, don't say that they're the Cardi B's, because I'm, like, they're better than that but of I'm course to say well that. <laughs> I just I just listen I was basically just trying to say they were the two top female MCs of their day that's that's the point yeah. I was trying to make I so know, you don't, don't worry your pretty little head speaking of pretty little head I have something for you so um I wanted to get into some stuff about pretty privilege pretty privilege yes pretty privilege have you heard of this Uh, yes and yeah kind of okay let's look up the urban dictionary um definition of it that way i get it right and you get a very clear um wow definition definition i mean 
yeah, let, yeah, give me that. Bring me. The I just feel up. like it's it's going to be more accurate. Let's see, Urban Dictionary. Here we go. A person who has more opportunities and becomes more successful because of how attractive they are. That is pretty privilege, right? Yeah. I feel like that's just attractive privilege. I mean, you don't have to be pretty to be attractive, but whatever. That's my own thing. But okay. and there, <laughs> but anyways. So there's this uh, woman on TikTok who went semi-viral, viral enough in my world to um, say basically that pretty is not always a privilege. And I want you to hear what she has to say. So give me a second and I'll share my screen. Okay, I love how I'm being set up right now. It's great. <laughs> like, cause I don't know what we're watching. I know you don't know what you're watching. It's, it's like such a shock. It's a shock. It's going to be a shock or? No, it's not going to be a shock, but I want you to hear what she has to say. Okay, so it's bigger. Hold on. Okay. How long is this? Two it's... and a half minutes. Shit. Just okay. listen to what she has to say. Goodness. Jesus. I'm, I'm just saying, cause I'm sometimes I, like, I need to rewatch it twice just to believe what I just heard. I think but... that something people fail to realize is that when you are conventionally attractive, person it doesn't make it easier to find someone you're compatible with i would go a step further and say that it makes it a little harder and here's why men will date you and i think even go so far as to marry you because they find you attractive and they know a lot of other people find you attractive and they like to be seen with you i i truly believe that my ex-husband never liked me I don't think he liked my personality. I don't think he liked my sense of humor. I don't think he liked being around me. I think that he liked the way that I looked when I was by his side and the way other people saw him when he was with me. Also, I think he wanted to have attractive children. And I come from a fertile family. That sounds weird, but like uh, everyone in my family has a bunch of kids and he wanted a bunch of kids. So I genuinely think he married me because he liked the way I look and he wanted to use my uterus to house his children. And now that I've been dating for a while, I've had quite a few men tell me things like, oh, I didn't talk to you at first because I thought there was no way you were single. I thought there was no chance you didn't have a boyfriend or a husband. I've also been told things like, I love walking into a room with you and having people's heads turn to look at you. I love how when we go places, people notice you with me. And I'm not mad that they're saying these things. I know that they're trying to compliment me and tell me I'm beautiful. But what I hear is I like being seen with you. And what it makes me wonder is, okay, but do you like me? Do you, do you like being with me? Do you want to just sit around and do nothing with me? Like, do you, is my personality attractive to you? Like, you don't know. Also, you will have a lot of men who show interest in you, who say they want to date you. And you're weeding through like a lot of options who are not good options for you, who are not, you're not a good option for them, but they get almost, I call it blinded by the booty. And it's not just about the booty, but it's just blinded by this physical thing that they want because white men are so visual because so many men date based on this like physical appearance that they want in their girlfriend. They, they end up compromising values they have and things that they want. And it makes it, it makes it feel like to me, it's all on me to decide if me and this guy are compatible because he might be able to overlook all these reasons why we shouldn't be together. And I'm the only one trying to determine whether or not this relationship has what it takes to go the distance. I like her. Right. I, <laughs> I want to <laughs> talk to her. <laughs> No, she's, I mean, she's onto something. Um, right. I, I definitely think that there is certain privileges that come from being pretty, but I think having privileges can also um, take away some of the, I don't know, I don't know what the word is, if it's like vigor or like the, it takes away from you conquering life because mm -hmm. because some things are given to you and you know how like sometimes you say like the man a man has to earn his stripes right most most men do have to earn their stripes because for a man even if he's attractive i mean yeah i do think it'll still give him maybe more opportunities than someone who's less attractive right but not nowhere to the degree a woman would would have right but at the same time yeah like she she brought up a lot of good points 
um, especially when she was talking about how um, men get blinded by the booty, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And like all they see is that physical attractive. And that's why I always tell men to like stop rating women like one to 10, because you automatically put this girl on a pedestal um, and, and you start treating her differently than all the other girls. Mm-hmm. So like something that I do is I, I talk to everyone the same. Like you've seen me talk to women I'm attracted to and women that I'm not so much. Um, and I talk to all of them the same. At least I, I like to think so. Yeah, you do. <laughs> so much so that I can't even tell who you're really attracted to sometimes. Like it's, it's always, I'm like, oh, you really do like her. And you know, like I find out later when you tell me like, oh, okay, gotcha. Because you do treat everyone the same. Yeah. I mean, I mean, my Venus is in Aquarius, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, when, when I start treating everyone the same, that's when I start to really get to the core of, of their, their personality and their substance to see like, if I actually do like them, because to be honest, like one of the stereotypes that are, that's in the back of my mind is that like a girl when that, when she's very pretty, she's been given everything. Uh, a lot of times I think the conversation with her is going to be dull, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? So for me, entering a conversation with someone who's attractive, yeah, look for me, I've, I've dated enough women that it doesn't really dazzle me as much as it used to. Sure. So when I talk to an attractive person, I'm like, yes, you're physically attractive. And yes, I probably want to sleep with you, but that might be it. And when I listen to them talk, it might change my mind. Right. But, and I don't know, this, this is very, very weird topic. I mean, I love this topic. But <laughs> okay. So here's what I think. Um, one, I agree with her. Um, these are definitely situations I've been through. Um, even, even as a married person, um, I, it would be like really interesting when I would have like business propositions and stuff. And I would literally, I shared one with you that was really intense where it was like, I thought I was, you know, talented at something. And literally they just wanted to be around me because they found me attractive. And it was, you know, like when you find that out later, it's like heartbreaking, like, ah, well, (laughs) you know, and even though I was hardworking and talented, it just, it really takes away from that. But also what I found really interesting is um, at the end where she's talking about, I feel like it's on, it's up to me to find out if um, we're actually compatible in this relationship where, you know, like I have to do all the work to make sure that I'm compatible with you. And also that I'm, you know, like we're meeting each other's standards and how unfair that can feel. And, you know, like if I'm the only one who's doing the work, I'm only checking off my boxes because I only, I know what my boxes are, but I can't check off your boxes if you're not telling, you know, like. (laughs) I feel like that's true with men who don't have abundance. Right. Right. But like, if if you're talking about a guy who has abundance, like tying him down is a difficult feat. It's not an easy thing to do. Agreed. Because if he has options, that's when he's actually looking at those boxes. But there are very few men who I feel like are, mm-hmm. you know, abundant enough to actually be on that. Um, True. And then also what I find really interesting about her in particular, um, mm-hmm. because she's she's very, she's beautiful, um, but she's also quite low maintenance. She's not wearing a ton of makeup. She's, you know, like her hair is, you know, like not super done or or any, like she's not like, she's, she's very naturally beautiful. I would say like, she's not putting like a ton of work into what she is. Um, And I feel like those women have a special disadvantage, which is that because they're like, they wake up pretty and then they, you know, like they, they will be just considered pretty. They don't have to work for it ever in their life um (laughs) no 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 no. (laughs) i i actually don't resent it and here's why she does not have the feminine intuition Mm -hmm. that i got to develop as like oh the only black girl in my school in middle school Mm -hmm. I got to learn when men didn't like me, you know, I got to learn what it was like to be like the ugly duckling. I got to learn, you know, like what it's like to be fetishized and what it's like to be around guys who do like me, you know? So like 
it, it's a very, if you're always the prettiest person in the room and always are getting all of the attention, you never get to learn yeah. that in and out and those different, you know, equilibriums that you'll have in those different um, positions that you'll be in um, versus you just are like, oh yeah, okay, you like me, let's go out on a date, you know, like kind of thing. So, and yeah. you, you, and you're, you're with so many options that you yourself may become more superficial mm-hmm. because you, you know, even though you have more options, you're like, well, I want the guy that makes the most money and is the most masculine. And, you know, like, so you're starting to pick superficially because they're still picking superficially and you've never really had, you've always had the creme de la creme offered to you instead of being able to look at the wide variation of different types of men that are out there, different types of options. Hmm. Okay. You said something about fetishizing mm-hmm. and that stuck out to me. Yes. And I'm curious, what is the difference between having a type, a physical type mm-hmm. and fetishizing? So in my definition, there probably is like a thin line between like, oh, I have to have this body type, this persona, or this like woman from this culture versus oh, this is, you know, this is something that's in my life. But if I find the one that varies from it, and I don't want to say the one, but, you know, if I find someone who's got all the personality stuff, but they have parts of that, that's fine with me. So it's like the, and all they can talk about is your body and your physical appearance. And like, they make that the the center of who you are versus your person, your personality, your persona. Um, And versus the other one where there's like, you know, like my husband, he really likes like his ideal woman is always Saldana and I look kind of close to, she's an actress. So the um, avatar and What's her name? Zoe Saldana. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I look pretty close to her. So <laughs> it's not that far off, but I also know that he's into other, other type of women. Like I know that like he's dated other type of women. It's not like he's only dated women. In fact, I'm probably the first girl that looks like that, that he's dated. So it's, that's not fetishizing me. He's not like worshiping me as that being the only thing that he likes about me. Okay. Okay. Cause okay. Here's, here's where my brain starts to fizzle out. Because part of me thinks that there, there isn't a reality where men aren't fetishizing women. Like, I don't <laughs> think that can, I literally, I really, I don't know if that can exist because we're so visual. Um, and, you know, oh, I, <laughs> I interact with a lot of men and was a, qu- a question they might ask is like, what's your type? And it's like, oh, I like Latinos or I like this or I like that, whatever it is. But that happens and even though we we talk about that and it's you know it's discussed it doesn't change the fact that once we get that person we get to know them and get to know their personality and start to love that thing you know there's like two parts of it but i think a lot of times we might be going towards that visual which could be considered fetishizing and i don't i don't know how it would be possible to escape that i really don't think it is um and I think a guy can explain himself just the wrong way. And then someone will just be like, he's fetishizing when he could another day, he could explain it differently. And then he'd be like, Oh yeah, you're that just your type. Right. It's like that line. Does not even, I don't even see it. I, I really don't like I'm trying to, to see it. <laughs> um, I think it really exists when, um, like she was saying in the video, it's all about, the outward. It's all about like, you can own, like, you love me when we're out in public. You love me when I turn heads in the room, you love me as a status symbol, you know, like someone that, you know, like often, like we went to a party last week and we were with a bunch of, um, my husband's jujitsu friends and they'd never met me before. And so like, you know, I'm working the room and talking to a bunch of people and he's with some of the guys that he rolls with and 
the guy, he like makes a comment about me or something. He goes, that's your wife. So like, if that was a hundred percent, our relationship and a hundred percent, like what it was all the time, that would be an issue. Mm. But it's like, is as long as the behind closed doors is taken care of, you like my personality, we can do nothing together. Like we have good banter. We can, you know, have adventures together alone, you know, yeah. not beyond sex, you know, <laughs> that's easy. don't you think that's easier to say when you're actually in a relationship, but if you're a single person and you are into a certain type, but you don't know them, right. Mm-hmm. How do you escape the idea of, of fetishizing? Well, I think you're right in the sense that, um, they're like, because men are visual, they're going to have a, a a vision in their head about who they want to be with and who they ideally want to be around um, until the moment, the moments happen to where they meet more of either their type or people who are not their type. And, you know, that changes or whatever. So, so what I'm hearing is that the cure to fetishizing to make it more neutral is to have genuine curiosity oh yeah person you're engaged with which yeah i mean that that actually is what i would see as the problem is a guy approaching and only focusing on his reality and not the girl's reality and not really being curious about the person he's engaging with and just focus on his intention of getting what he wants right it's that (laughs) right like if he's not how do I put this? Cause when I go to salsa salsa night and like I get head on, um, although enjoyable, it's fun to now read, especially with, um, all the things that I've been learning from you guys in the last year. Um, how, how much they're willing to put in to actually get to know me as a person. And surprisingly it's, it feels very transactional for like 95% of them. It feels most men are socially inept. Like it's that's <laughs> not, that, and that's, that's everyone's fault. Including them. But I, I think women have an upper hand when it comes to socializing and, and reading subcommunication and knowing how to, and knowing how, and, being available to moving things forward. Guys, guys, a lot of them don't know how to lead anything. Yeah. Uh, a lot of guys them, don't know even how to like find yeah. a first date. And the thing is I'm, I'm right now. What I'm thinking about is the guys who don't have many female friends. Right. And I have a lot of male friends that are like that and that are single. Right. They, like for them, like women are like separate creatures <laughs> uh, on on the side, right? And and not on the side, but like they're just like these majestic creatures. And um, I I don't know if they could help but fetishize to some degree. And I think I think fetishizing maybe isn't the best term for it because I think people are just naturally going to be attracted to certain certain things. But like, it's more about the lack of care that goes into it or like the lack of uh, curiosity about the other person and wanting to actually know who they are. Right. right? I think it, it, it's um, a little bit of both too. So for if Western culture spits out that you know, the girl that we just watch is the ideal, you know, she's blonde, blue eyed, white. Um, and you know, that (laughs) very curvy, she's beautiful. And, um, that's, you know, the ideal. And if you see that a lot Mm -hmm. and that is being spit out to you as this is beautiful, Marilyn looked like her, Greta Garbo looked like her, you know, like all of these great icons look like her, um, Pamela Anderson, you know, like you have all this, history kind of spitting out that this is what is supposed to be 
this is what, like, if you end up with this, you are the luckiest man in the world. Those are, those are trends though. I, I see them as trends. Like if I look 10 years back, it was like being really skinny. We would to the point where it was gross. And now it's all about the big ass, small waist, big tits, thick lips, all of that. And like girls, like white girls are getting tans. Like there's like the, I feel like there's always going to be trends on what is the most beautiful for that mm-hmm. decade. But everything is still beautiful. Like the amount of guys I know that are, I know guys who are into, you know, women who are overweight, but I know guys who are into women who are hitting menopause. Like that is literally what they're into. They want women who are like wrinkly, like old. And I'm not kidding. I I, I went out with this guy once I was approaching with him. He's like, dude, I have a date later today. I was like, okay. I'm like he, he said it so abruptly. He's like, dude, by the way, I have a date today. I'm like, okay. So we go out and we're talking to women and, uh, He's like, yo, so she's coming in like 10 minutes. I'm like, okay. He's like, I just want to let you know, you know, it's, it's like, she's, she's a bit older. I'm like, oh dude, nice. You're okay. So you got a cougar. That's cool. He's like, no. Um, well, yeah, but like, you'll see. <laughs> and, then, and then like, you know, 10 minutes later, this, this lady comes in and I was like, hi, nice to meet you. you know, I mean, it was, it was, I was kind of shocked. I, I had nothing left. I was, I mean, he warmed me up for it. I think he warned me enough to like, not be like, whoa, but he was genuinely attracted to, to that. And wow. I think what we're attracted to in general is, you know, based off our trauma. So I don't know what happened there, but that being said, like, we can't fight that. And, uh, I think it's very natural, but we're all into different things. And I think we all get distracted by what media is telling us is the most attractive. It's mm-hmm. actually, I think women don't realize how annoying it is for most men. Oh, it's annoying for us too. Yeah. But like when we're like, when, okay. So when I'm dating a girl and I've had this with, I've talked about this with almost every guy agrees with me when we're dating a girl and she starts like pointing out, oh yeah, my lips, this, or my nose, that, and she wants to change it. We're freaking the fuck out being like, no, don't fucking do it. And then the other part of us is like, wait, we can't tell her what to do with her body. And like all this shit comes up, but we don't want that for you. We want you to stay natural. You're like beautiful the way you are, but they are believing what the media is telling us. It's, right. like, it's, not, it's not men who are like telling you, this is what we want. This is what we want. I think it's a very small percentage of people who have control over what is put out there. Right. So, yeah, no, I, I, I mean, I, I shared with you already that like when I first started modeling, like my very first modeling job, um, I was in the makeup artist chair and she's doing my makeup and she's like, you're so pretty, but you would be so much prettier if you got a nose job. And like, and I would feel your top lip a little bit more too, if I were you like, you know, and she's like telling these, these things and I'm like, just sitting there and I'm just absorbing it. And then she starts telling the other models that too, she's in the other models, like start like lightly agreeing with her. And then it was, then it becomes like a conversation piece. And then she starts getting the creative director of the shoot in it. And then the photographer and they're all like, yeah, yeah. So like, by the end, like I started that photo shoot thinking, oh my God, I just booked my first modeling gig to the end of it to where like, oh my God, if I want to keep modeling, I'm going to have to change my nose and my lips. Now, luckily I've changed neither. <laughs> I've not done either. And, but when I got into, um, when I first started dating my husband, um, I told him, I was like, oh yeah, you know, probably we'll have to get a nose job eventually. And, you know, probably think about doing lip filler. And he was not very shy about it at all. He was like, no, don't change any of it. And he, he was like, first of all, I love your nose. Please don't change anything about your nose. And he would like kiss my nose all the yeah. time. And it was the cutest thing ever. Um, I, I adored it. He was just like, uh, you know, he would just like randomly kiss my nose. And I don't know if it was because I told him that, but it was, it was really reassuring. And then, um, but I still carried the insecurity with me until I came across this other photographer that I um, was modeling for. And he was very blunt. Like he only speaks the truth. He's very, very blunt guy. And so I was like, okay, if I do really need a nose job, <laughs> this guy will tell me. So we do the photo shoot. Everything's going really well. 
And so I was like, I need your honest opinion. Do you think I should get a nose job? And he's like, if you change anything on your body, I will never book you again. He's like, you're absolutely. And I was like, what? <laughs> so it, do not be afraid to tell us like, and be unapologetic about it. Cause it really did I mean, help. I do. I do. And, uh, I have a funny story and I, I might, <laughs> I might regret this later because I'm, oh God. Very, I'm very good friends with them, but I have two friends, uh, and they came over one night and, uh, both of them were like on their phones, like chatting and talking about like things that they want to fix. Now, one of the girls, like they both have done some work already, I think. Um, one of them had just came back and had like filler done. And, you know, when it's first done, I think it's a bit more. Um, yeah, because you're swollen. It's swollen. It looks too much. So I was like, fuck, no, don't fucking do it again. It calmed down and like it looked fine. But to be honest, I still, sorry, I still preferred it, you know, before. And it's funny, like the, the other girl, her friend was like, no, you don't need any more of that. Like you, you're perfect right now. Like you're perfect. And then we both kind of go on the same team and started telling her like, yeah, you're perfect. Don't do it. Don't do it. She's stubborn. You know, she's seeing all the Instagram posts, everything. So she's, she wants the comments. She wants the likes. And then we're like, okay, whatever. An hour later, the friend starts doing the same fucking thing about her nose and, and then her, she, she's like, no, you don't need it. And we're like, well, no, I'm like, you know what? Fuck this conversation. I'm, I'm not, like, there's some women that, you know, I can actually talk about this, to, like talk, talk them through it and what, right. like, what we actually think, what men think, mm-hmm. but some women just don't, they're so stuck in the narrative that the media is telling them. They don't know that it's going to change. Well, because, you know, the way the world works today is that looks are heavily commodified. So the booking, you know, that lip filler could mean an extra, you know, 50 grand a year for her or something, you know, you, you, it depends on the woman for most women. This is not true. This is just, you know, them trying to maintain a certain level of market value, Yeah. but it's, it's hard to draw the line sometimes it seems to be more true in LA. Like when I, when I go to LA and I meet like actresses left and right, like models left and right, like then I'm like, okay, I get why they're investing in this. Mm-hmm. Even, even though like if it was a relationship, I, I, that wouldn't be an ideal relationship for me. Mm-hmm. But when I'm back in Vancouver, it's less of that. And it's more of them just doing upkeep. And, you know, I don't mind it so much. There's some women that I, I don't mind. I mean, they, they hit a certain age and they want to keep their market value. And I get that. But the ones that are like 19, 20, 20, even like any early 20s in general, I'm like, mm-hmm. what the fuck are you doing? Like, you know how, because there was a night and day difference. Like they, they look less youthful when mm-hmm. they do that. They look like the women who are doing it later. Right. <laughs> It yeah, because you you throw off one if you're if you're like 19, um, like my face didn't start, you know, coming into its like full proportion until I was probably about 25. So okay. doing things at 19 would have destroyed whatever Mother Nature was going to do to it. And I I prefer Mother Nature. Mother Nature tends to be a pretty decent artist. So, um. But this is not to say that if you're 19 and you have insecurities and you, you know, there are things that you want to do that you shouldn't do them. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is that maybe give it a chance and don't do too much, you know, <laughs> like start with a little something. Um, I honestly, I wish that more more people, but especially women focused on their actual health. Like if you focused on working out consistently to shape your body, your face actually will start to shape as well. And drinking water, you know, drinking eight glasses of water a day and um, meditating and doing inner work and working on making your inner self more beautiful rather than just the outer appearance. Cause most of us, most women are beautiful. Most women are going to be attractive to somebody um, and plenty of somebody's, 
um, and it will allow them to have, I feel less anxiety about the who and, and having the status of it. But that's, that's literally what men want. They want healthy women. They're attracted to healthy women, even like all the things that, um, the proportions, all that are dictating to is health. Like, right. Uh, I read that like, you know, guys like girls with long hair because it dictates that they're healthy. Right. Um, girls with like wider hips, healthy, and they can produce babies. Like all these things are biologically like wired in us, but I want a girlfriend who's healthy. Like I remember, uh, my first girlfriend, like when I started dating her, she, she was like anorexic and uh, bulimic and she was getting over that. But before we dated, she used to exercise and just run She was just like run for an hour and then throw up. And it was super unhealthy. And whenever I was telling her, like, I'm going to the gym, that's what she would correlate it to. Cause that's the only experience that she had. She would go out with one of her friends and that's their experience. Um, But I'm like, no. (laughs) Uh, And what I did was like every morning I would tell her like, Hey, I'm going to the gym. You want to come? She's like, no, I don't want to go. I'm like, okay. So I go to the gym next time I do it again. No third time. No fourth time. I do it for weeks, months, however long it takes. And then one day she'd be like, okay, fuck it. Let's go. She's bored. (laughs) Then she goes to the gym and then I'm trying to teach her the healthy way of exercising and how to think about it. I'm like, listen, you can eat whatever the fuck you want because you earned it right here. Right. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, and then she started to go to the gym on her own. And there are times where I'm like in bed and she's like, I'm going to the gym. <laughs> and it was, it was really, it was really cool, but that's, that's what I wanted. And I, I believe that's what most men want. Oh yeah. They love like whenever um, a guy, you know, wants my Instagram handle or whatever. And the first thing they say is like, they're like, Oh my God, you're so fit. You know, like they're, they're, you know, they like the idea of me being a healthy, well, they like the idea of their, you know, whatever potential partner being healthy and fit. Um, even if they're not, but I'll discuss that later, but (laughs) wait, what do you mean? Oh, there, there are men who have hit on me who are not healthy and fit, but Oh, oh yeah in there but they're like they want a partner who's healthy and fit and i'm like that's not how it works <laughs> well okay well i'll challenge you on that okay um, i think i think it's you know the best scenario is that everyone's healthy sure but that being said a woman being healthy is a lot more important than the man being healthy even besides the oh point, yeah definitely i'll agree point, i'll agree with you on that Besides the point of what men and women are attracted to also like a man, what does he have to do? He just gives out a sperm. The woman has to actually hold that baby and take care of it for nine months and be healthy. Mm -hmm. Right. So there's a lot of there. I think there's a lot going on there that, you know, a man being like the amount of times I see guys who are unattractive physically and the woman is attractive physically is so much. It happens all the time, but the guy might have something else going on. That's very attractive. I I've seen that couple too. I'm just saying like for me personally, okay. And you know, like the, what I, my boundaries <laughs> okay. are that, um, you know, I, I like fit athletic men. Um, they don't have to be like Olympians or anything, even though my husband was an Olympic. What, what did you do? The Olympic trials? So he did the Olympic <laughs> festival. So even 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 though he was close to it, it's not like it, I just need him to have a habit of going, okay. like staying healthy and keeping his body and 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 you know like it doesn't he doesn't need to be like perfectly shaped or anything. He just needs to have a healthy routine in his life. So I think I think that's good for every man. I think every man needs that. Um, you know, it, but. I think for, if we're talking about attraction and we're going to go with this with just general, then it wouldn't be as important. And it would be the same thing as for me, like where I find it important that a, that a woman has some kind of passion. Mm-hmm. I find that important for me, but I can tell you a lot of guys, they don't give two shits. And here's the thing. Like I, I don't, I 
I care that the girl has a passion for something, but I don't really care. I don't really care if she makes money, like however much money she makes doesn't matter to me. We, we got a little crazy. I do have one more thing, one more mm, segment I want to do with you, which is that I've been, you know, talking to women and <clears throat> about, you know, their dating experiences and stuff. And one of the things that kept coming up is like how terrible first dates are when they let the men completely plan it. They, you know, women, we want to stay in our feminine, especially through the courting process, because it's so important. But yeah. There have been some really terrible date scenarios. Like I've heard, oh, he just wanted to hang out at a parking lot or he wanted me to come over and yeah. like just smoke with him. And, you know, I, to me, if a guy were to send an invitation like that, I would turn it down immediately and just have nothing to do with him because it tells me he's not serious. Yeah. But however, I do realize that you know, a lot of these men have been raised by other generations of men who have maybe not put so much raised by men at all or raised by anybody. Yeah. Most, I got to be real with you. Most men that I know my age don't have a dad in the home. Hmm. I'd say 80%. And I I, I lived in Canada. I live in Vancouver, Canada. And I honestly, whenever I went to my parents' house, if I saw a dad there, I was shocked. I was like, Oh, another what? (laughs) (laughs) That's crazy. So all these guys don't have any idea like how to be a man. Right. Um, but I got to be real with you. Like, okay. So there's, there's two parts of this question because I have been one to also ask girls to just come over and smoke and, but not parking lots. That's kind of weird, but like that's happened, but you're also correct. Like those are women that I might not take as very like as seriously or they're women that I've already been dating and it's just like, hey, come over, right? Yeah, well, if you've already been dating that's, them, so I'm talking about first different. date. Yeah, first dates, when it comes to that, you know, if the guy's doing that, either he doesn't know what he's doing or he just isn't taking you seriously. So as a woman hearing that, like if you're, if you're like getting a guy texting you, come over and you don't want to just have sex one time and that's it, then don't do it. <laughs> you know, right. then, then wait for an appropriate person to ask you for on a date. But um, the, the issue that I find with most men, because I, I get this question from guys all the time, is that guys will take them on like dinner dates, you know, like dinner dates or like to a movie theater, like dates where either you're sitting and it's like an interview mm-hmm. or it's like at a theater and they're watching a movie. They barely get to talk. Right. Uh, and there's no movement. There's nothing. There's no, no connection. Uh, some guys, you know, dinner dates are great. Like for me, I love dinner dates because one, I love food. And two, I love talking. So fantastic. But for a lot of guys, they can't, they can't do that. It turns into an interview. Right. Um, what I recommend men when it comes to how to decide what you want to do on a date. First of all, you got to understand that when a woman goes on a date with you, she wants to know who you are. She wants to get to know you. She wants to have a good time, but she wants, she's going on a date to get to know you, what you're passionate about, what you like to do, everything like that. So that's important to keep in mind. What I like to do is I think about my inner child and what he would want to do. Mm. I think about what's the most fun thing that I can do for me right now all the time. What's the fun thing to do? What's the fun thing to say? So that might look like me saying whatever the hell I want to say, obviously, in, in, on my dates. But when it comes to location, like things that I genuinely want to do or maybe my inner child wants to do like laser tag. Maybe I want to go laser tag or maybe on a trampoline park, or maybe I want to go to a restaurant that just opened and I'm hungry and I really want to try it. But there are things that I genuinely want to do. And when you go to places that you want to do, doing things that you're passionate about, talking about things that you want to talk about, that you're passionate about, whether if it's something exciting or accounting, as long as you're passionate about it, then the girl's going to have a good time. Because you're having a good time and your passion is intoxicating. Right. Whatever you like to talk about, they're going to like listening to because they can feel that passion around it. And I noticed this in other people too. Like I told you last time when I was dating that girl in interior design, I didn't give a crap about it. But the way she talked about it made me interested in it. And I was Googling shit. 
<laughs> What's that? Like if I talk to a girl about like books and um, how, how I like certain self, uh, self-help book or nonfiction books and she only reads fiction, she might switch over and start reading nonfiction because she's like, oh my God, he made it sound so compelling. That that feeling is intoxicating. It's, it's oh, called yeah. the, the state of law, uh, the state, the law of state transference, the law of state transference, which is whatever I feel, you feel. Yeah. So if I feel anxiety in my body, you're going to feel anxiety in your, in your body. Right. If I feel passion for something, you're going to feel that too. So if we're having a good time because I'm having a good time, you're going to have a good time. Exactly. Right. I, this is, this is exactly what I wanted you to point out because it doesn't seem that hard to me because like, I would do the, if I were a man, I would do the same thing. I would. It, it's, it's difficult for me. Like, for example, right now it's a bit difficult for me. So mm-hmm. I'm in, I'm in Playa del Carmen. Um, I know the area kind of, but not really. Uh, a lot of the things that I like to do aren't here. And the ones that are here, I don't know the locations of. Mm-hmm. So if you're in a new city or if you're in a city that you've been in, but you don't know your logistics, that's what's going to kick you in the ass. So a lot of the times my dates might sound boring as hell because I legitimately don't know where to go. But so in, situ- in situations like that, I do spontaneous dates where I'm like, hey, let's meet here. And then I will just have a mini adventure. Okay. But, but a lot of women will want to plan, right? And if I don't know my logistics, it can be a little bit difficult to do that. I do my best. And, you know, obviously I still go on dates, but there, to me, the quality of the date is diminished because of my lack of, uh, of logistics, my lack of ability to maneuver the area. I still think it's more about like, if, if you're on an ad- adventure with somebody who's just fun, it doesn't matter what the, the specific adventure is, as long as you're with someone who is into you, you're curious about them, vice versa. But I'm talking about girls who won't go on a date with you unless you have something planned and set up. Oh, like, it doesn't have to, because it, it seemed like oh, with a lot of them, it didn't have to be like a hard set plan, like something like crazy cool or whatever. It just needed to be something that wasn't come to my house and smoke with me you know I, know. I get I understand I understand <laughs> I think there's different levels of it but yeah I mean yeah. that situation we've already cleared I don't think that's the issue anymore yeah but it's just uh when when a guy doesn't have logistics down if he doesn't know his area then he he's not going to be as good on the date he's not going to be as um, unless he has talent and like my dad is an artist so mm-hmm. like him bringing you know a woman over to teach her how to paint yeah that that's also a cool date like i you know my girls to do pole dancing right my girls to cook yes um, the stuff like that that like that's always awesome and those can that those can be indoors i still prefer first dates to start outside of the house and and it's not because i hate having sex it's because I don't want any crazy women in my in my in my space and I've made that mistake (laughs) or I think I told you um before I came to LA last time that uh, I met this girl at the club and we had a we had a good interaction and then the next day I was hung over and I wanted to cuddle and she messaged me and she was like what are you doing I'm in bed cuddling my pillow She's like, you should cuddle me instead. I'm like, okay, well, come over. And I just sent her my address and she came over and she had the most negative energy I've ever felt when she came in the door. And I was like, okay, maybe this is just like, I should, I don't want to judge her on this. Maybe it's going to change. And then it keeps persisting. Um, But, you know, I can tell that she thrives on it. It's not like, it's not like it's bringing her energy down. It's like that's the conversation she likes to have but it was turning me off. And um, at some point she gets on a call with somebody and tells them that she's basically sleeping over. And then after she ends that call, I'm like, listen, you know, you know, you're not crashing here. Right. And she's like, what? You're kicking me out. I'm like, Whoa, no, 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 no. You like, you can stay. You just got here. Like we're, we're going to hang out. I'm just saying I need you to leave. Cause like, like at some point, because I work in the morning and I need, you know, I need to be rested. And she starts like freaking out. Da, da, da. And I was like, and then I calm her down and get the point across that I don't need her to leave. But that conversation and that energy around the conversation brought up so much anxiety that once we were done, 
we're watching The Office, and all I'm thinking about is like, I can't believe that we just had this conversation. Oh my God, now I have to sit here and like be calm. Like I'm having, like, I'm not attracted right now. I don't feel good. And uh, and then I literally was like, hey, listen, you're gonna hate me, and I I'm gonna have to live with that. But I'm gonna call you an Uber, and I need you to go. And that's it. But I've made that mistake. Bring girls home directly if you've never met them before is not good for anybody. No, it can. It's, a, it's like you're flipping a coin. You don't know what you're doing. You really don't, especially. I mean, especially depending on where you met them and how. You don't know. You just don't know. A quick yes is not always a good yes. So it's so funny. I texted her after, basically just like to make sure that she's okay and she doesn't take it personally and not like making it about her looks or any of that garbage. Uh, and I sent her a text, which I thought was very sensitive and very like nice. Uh, and I was just telling her like, it's like I was having a panic attack and don't take it personal. And she's like, I get it, but I can't talk to you because I'm very, I'm a very sensitive person. And I was like, you're a very sensitive person. Then why didn't you catch that I'm having an anxiety attack and be like empathetic around that? You're so sensitive. Like, Jesus. Because, okay. yeah. I mean, you can be, you can be <laughs> empathetic to yourself and not others. She, she, it sounds like she has an, um, an avoidant, yeah, like an avoidant security attachment or an avoidant, an avoidant attachment style. So. Yeah. She is fine with herself. She allows herself to do whatever she wants, but she's not really open to others in their energy or only really controlling that energy. But that's mm -hmm. not for me to diagnose. I haven't met her. Yeah. I'll just take your word for it. But yeah, this is cool. Um, how do we end this? How do we how do we go? I'll see you. I think time. we just say cool. That was great. And uh, I'll see you guys later. You want you want to do that? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. This was fun. You guys are hot. You humans. You humans are hot and sexy. Muy caliente. <laughs> Muy caliente with a K. <laughs> we'll see you next week. <laughs> Friday. Ciao, ciao.